I want to um, thank you guys for joining me today. By the way, did you guys have you noticed yet that um, we're about to go through uh, into our third? We're about to have gone through uh, the sticking to everything part of the summer here. Oh yeah, no, there's no like there was a visible cool snap, and it wasn't like even particularly cold. It was just not miserable. I'm not covered in sweat. Yeah, and, it's, and, and it's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, we're still in my garage. It is not. However, 114 degrees, God. and none of us want to die, and we're not drinking for survival or the opposite. We are, <laughs> we are uh, yeah, we're, we're just chilling, almost literally. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, the it's the dad humor is back. Yeah. It's a temperate climate. It's, we're not quite chilling yet. Yeah, that's true. Give it time. So I wanted to talk about, um, well, I had a... Uh, I, I, every week when it, I mean, of course you guys know this, but I'm saying, and people that are, most people that are listening to this right now will know this too, but when you click on or listen to an episode, there's some, some words that you can read that'll usually say a little bit of something about the episode. Most of the time I write those and and for the episode that's going to be coming up, uh, this week, uh, it's what we recorded most recently. And that was Hank Williams Jr.'s High Notes. I think you guys both remember that. Oh, doggy. Yeehaw, my friend. And, and the reason why I'm going back to this is as I was writing the, the piece, I, I wanted to slip in a few funny Hank Williams lyrics. And I went back and I went back to all the songs, that the titles that we discussed during last week's show and stuff that I bookmarked. And and again, the dude is the laziest fucking songwriter. That, I mean, it's like somebody sitting on his porch in a rocking chair complaining. There's nothing humorous. There's nothing insightful. It's it's low hanging fruit. But I did find, and this is what I wanted to share uh, in a comment. We we talked about this song briefly last week, and, and those are the lyrics to McCain Palin tradition, uh, oh, yes. wherein he Hank Williams Jr. changed the lyrics to his hit uh, Family Tradition, which is a brilliant song. I dig it. Brilliant lyrics, um, and it sounds like he changed the lyrics in a between five and ten minutes. And I'm, I'm just going to read you... Uh, I'm not going to read you the whole song, but I'm going to read you some excerpts. These are the actual lyrics in the song. Um, okay. Now, this old union's got... Pro- okay, and, uh, before I read this, again, it's l- not just low-hanging fruit. It's... You read this, and I, again, if I taped a pencil to my dog's paw, she might come up with, with better lyrics in five, ten minutes than this guy did. Okay, now this old union's got problems. That is plain to see. The Democrats bankrupted Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Also, there's no rhythm. (laughs) Just like one, two, three. The bankers didn't want to make all those bad loans, but Bill Clinton said you got to. Now they want to bail out what I'm talking about is a Democratic liberal I who do. John and Sarah tell you just what they think. And they're, oh, this is the chorus. John and Sarah tell you just what they think, and they're not going to blink, and they're going to fix this country, because they're just like you and old Hank. Yes, John is a maverick, and Sarah... Oh, here's the one kind of clever line in the whole song. Kind of operative word. And Sarah fixed Alaska's broken condition. They're going to go just fine. We're headed for better times. It's a McCain-Palin tradition. Even though it doesn't fit... Well, rhythmically, he finally found an almost rhyme there somewhere with condition and tradition. Not a good rhyme, mind you, but way better than uh, bankrupted Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. 
Uh, just, just good stuff. Oh, and I, very. I felt like it needed to be shared. Thank, thank you for that. Uh, I'm, I, I'm of the opinion that uh, politics and uh, and original composition do not often make kind bedfellows. Oh, that, that's the only reason I'm bringing back a song from 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 however six six seven years ago is just how. I, I don't care about the content of what I don't care about the politics of the song. It's just such bad writing. It is that. All right, okay. all right. We'll get through that. We'll go and, and, and also, and I wanted to say this too. It's because today um, we're going to be discussing uh, Dio's "Holy Diver," wherein the lyrics are genius and brilliant, albeit for an entirely different reason. So, um, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. This is somebody likes it. Here we go. I'm back. Are you guys joining me? I reckon. Oh, yeah, I'm back. Are we going to rock? And and or roll. I hope so. Um, So today we're discussing uh, the tiny man with the large voice who was Ronnie James Dio. And and I know you have to say it like it's a monster truck, like Ronnie Ronnie James James Dio. Well, that that whole, that, the top I wonder if he only played on Sunday. (laughs) Monster (laughs) truck Sunday. Astro Arena. (laughs) Well, we we used to say that as a a joke years ago, and I, I talked about this. I'll get into this story later. I'll, I'll, let's talk about this a little bit. But the, I, I went and saw him. Uh, I went and saw him, and he, he, he wasn't at, it wasn't at a monster truck arena. And well, fuck it, I'll just tell the thing right now. I was waiting for the UT shuttle, and I, there's a, uh, a family friendly festival in Austin, Pecan Street Festival. We've discussed this on the air before, but it deserves sure. being said again since we're doing Ronnie James Dio today. And. Uh, and we all went to see Dio, and and, and, the, and the and the streets are just crowded with people eating funnel cakes, and and they're making those turkey legs, turkey legs, and yeah, and, the, and those those things where you like fill up a jar with layers of colored sand and shit, you know, Craft, there's crafts. You're right, exactly. Corn on the cob, and then on a couple of the side streets, they have they have bands, and most of the bands are all local. Um, a few are like you know clowny family. Kitty, kitty bands, magic tricks, and shit like that. But somebody that year decided to spend a little bit of money and hired Dio, and it was amazing. There's this tiny little side stage, but it was they put it up really high in the air, so they're going to give the illusion that it's a much larger venue. And tiny Ronnie James Dio comes out and 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 rocks. And there's all these people wearing their. My my friend Nathan commented to me that all all of there are many people in the audience wearing Dio T-shirts that looked nicely. Crisp and as though what what year was this? 1994. So this is um, 11 years after Holy Diver, which was the pinnacle of his solo fame. But as the 80s slid into the 90s and it became grunge at that point, you know he's playing you know county fairs and Pecan Street Festival. You got to make point. a living. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was it was like watching uh, something straight out of some sort of parody movie that would have come out around the same time, but it actually has a film of some sort. Yes. Yeah. And the man was very tiny. And and to be fair, it's hard to think about Ronnie James Dio and sort of not think about 
the hand gesture that he's credited with popularizing. He is, he is credited with popularizing the horns up like devil uh, gesture, yeah. which goes over great in this city, as both of you guys know, because that's the also the University of Texas Longhorns like <laughs> fight on Texas football gesture, gesture. right? Yeah. So yeah, so there's there's lo- lots of that going. I think that if he, if he even speaking of crisp shirts, <laughs> there were people walking up and down the street that saw him throwing the devil sign, and then they're just like, "Yeah, that's right, who can more? It's heavy metal boy." Heavy metal boy. So, yeah, so anyway, all right. So, um, Holy Diver um, is an album that I was completely unfamiliar with. All that I knew. Well, okay. Did you guys when you were um, when you were in elementary school? Did you ever hear? Were you familiar with the with the idea that if if one were to take the uh, the Dio logo and turn it upside down, that it would transform into devil to the word devil? I thought it would just say Have you heard of this? Sounds like a typical okay suburban legend. It's like the evolution of the Paul is dead. Well, here I'm going to show it to you, Ryan, right here. Can you come out and look at it? For the devolution, you can see how it it could be construed. You could be construed as devil. D E V I L, but you, it's okay. a little bit of a. I mean, it's you a little bit of a stretch. Have, you kind yeah. of have to work to make it work. And the and yeah. the and a bit. It's like a sort of a scripty calligraphy thing. Calli- uh, calligraphy. Calligraphy. I can't talk tonight. Anyway, <laughs> put you out to make this podcast great. But yeah, because of the 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 font or the writing that's used, uh, it it looks like it might be more than it is. Yeah, yeah. I I find it especially. Um, and yeah, you could you can see that, but it is it is very. Stylized, very flowy calligraphy, and um, but I, I also I, I find it um, interesting that Dio is the Italian word for God. So I don't know if there's there's a push and pull there, yeah. or if there's something unintentional. I seriously doubt it. I, I in, in my honest estimation, that's that's a little bit of a stretch to see to if to see the mm-hmm. devil there to think that that was there, especially considering that the guy is just telling fantasy stories. Also, but is it is it possible that maybe the person who came up with that first was so high when they looked at it, <laughs> right? like they're just laying upside oh, down and a devil? Yeah, you know, I thought that a lot about about stuff that I heard when I was a kid about a back masking and shit like that. I swear, as I've gotten older, uh, I many times have thought about the, the the schoolyard rumors that I heard back then and thought, you know what, somebody's older brother that was high at the time totally <laughs> totally made that up yeah. and then just told their little it's brothers and it went all over the world. Yeah. Siblings. No, I don't even know if they're fucking with it. They think it's like, holy shit! It's insane! It's devil! I don't think I ever said that to you. Uh, you didn't put out the Paul is dead thing at the end of uh, Strawberry Fields. Well, but then by that time, that was a 20-year-old bit. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the, no, it's uh, but it is. It's a little bit of scripting magic, and um, that's where the legends are born. <laughs> There's a lot of legend about, about you. For such... For such a man of such small stature, he's diminutive, achieved, yeah. diminutive stature. He's achieved such immense mythology. I, I, I feel, and to, due to no, in no small part, to his incredibly, um, uh, how how should I put this? I was going to say, um, I, I hate to keep saying Dungeons and Dragons whenever I or. Fantasy Town, medieval like. Um, no, but that is part of the shtick. Like that's totally oh, part of the without shtick. a doubt. Yeah. Without, I was reading. Oh, here's here. This is completely unironic, and I just saw it, and I got to point it out that his first um, band that wasn't named after him was named Elf. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they were the elves. They were. They, I think they, they were the electric elves. But elf is oddly appropriate. I just when I I think I think of the I think of the dwarves dancing around the little Stonehenge thing and spinal tap. <laughs> yeah, totally. So There's like, a lot of spinal tap to this record. Uh, the, yeah. Well, and the one question that I had, especially after like looking at the the dominant band photos of that band that that you know were floating around and that where I'm sure they're like their studio shots or whatever. Um, Ronnie James Dio may or may not be uh, 80s cheer star Rhea Perlman. You never (laughs) sit in the same room at the same time. No, no, they were both at the height of their popularity in the early 80s. I'm uh, looking at a picture of him right now. (laughs) It's all you can see. Like, after you see it once... (laughs) there's Carla yeah just keep that guy away from Danny DeVito but Uh, we should we should actually talk about the songs on this record well can I I just point out um, something that uh, I was showing you a little bit earlier before we uh, took to the air oh oh right yeah Uh, okay from one of the songs there is uh, it would seem a uh, a tribute to to, my brother Kevin to Kevin yeah Yeah, I I think there's is there a song called Really Cool Guy well we'll just (laughs) do do, do you want to read this sure Uh, it says uh, if your surface stays unbroken then you're a lucky man because it never 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 has for me in the palace of the virgin lies the chalice of the soul (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's likely you might find the answer there. I am so, raising the chalice. The chalice of the soul. Uh, this is Kevin's virtual palace oh in this garage. Gosh. That makes me so unbelievably happy I can spit. And I might. <clears throat> okay, so um, the album starts, um, the album Holy Diver, starts with um, Stand Up and Shout. Which is squealing guitar riff. And there's a lot of that. He's, it starts with uh, the, the song <laughs> Stand Up and Shout, which is sort of like it's exactly what you think a song called Stand Up and Shout uh, would. I mean, the the lyrics are, uh, you've got desire, so let it out. You've got the power. Stand up and shout. You know, it's a call to arms to rock, much as much, yeah. In the Streets by Bon Jovi was exactly. a call to stand up and rock. And everyone should make the appropriate hand gesture. Uh, uh, because oh, because I, the I think there's two different. I think there's an evil. I think it's with uh, Dio. It's more like the that heaven and hell horns. With Bon Jovi, I think it's more like a simulation of uh, masturbation. Yeah, yeah. Well, of yeah. course, two different. Well, I, like, I will say this: that um, this being our second uh, air quotes metal record that we have now um, encountered. Taken, yes, encountered. Yeah. Uh, I kept thinking that you know, in the uh, on the heavy metal playground. Um, the Dio kids would beat up the Bon Jovi kids. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but that depends because I think the Dio kids would beat up the Bon Jovi kids in 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 um in, in playground times. But by the time they morph into high school, the Bon Jovi kids have turned into the fucking football bullies, and all the Dio kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons and withering with no sunlight. So I, that's true. I do think this. I mean, this kind of brings up something that I, I thought was really interesting and in reading up a little bit on Ronnie James Dio and sort of the, you know, kind of. What went down during the height of his popularity, and then also when when he was on the wane uh, in the later years, and that was that it seems like he had a reputation for like. So I read the Rolling Stone piece by Rod Sheffield about uh, him after he died, and and he was talking about one. He contrasted a Morrissey song with a Dio song that had very similar content, 
And then he basically used that to illustrate that um, Ronnie James Dio was not a dick while the other guy was. And basically, yeah. And so, um, and so basically, there was somebody on in a big festival while Dio was still, you know, kind of a big name before he uh, played little street festivals in Austin. And uh, and somebody on the undercard, like way at the bottom of the bill, and Rob Sheffield happened to be there while this conversation was going down. Went up to Ronnie James Dio and said, "Hey, man, I just want you to know, like, I'm a really big fan of your work, and you know, it's a pleasure to meet you." I'm, super excited and whatever. And, and Ronnie James Dio said, in effect, well, uh, I also am a big fan of yours, your work, but he said it in like, what I that's not the direct quote. It was like much more formal than that. Apparently he spoke like really formally, but he was also very nice. He, he spoke small and much like Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently I'll, I'll, I mean, he's got, um, from what I've read or, um, seen that he, he had a pretty good reputation amongst other musicians. Um, I uh, I did want to um, point out something real quick, and you're talking about the the Dio kids and stuff like that. Um, apparently, well, when he when he took the place of Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath, he sort of started reinventing what those songs were about, more from the downward spiral of madness, as it were, to um, to sort of swordplay fantasy dragon type stuff, and um, and when he um, when he left Black Sabbath and, and, and formed Dio, he wrote about the same ideas, but he simplified them for a younger heavy metal audience. So it was like the young adult, like Dio was like the young adult novel, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, the J.R.R. Tolkien Black Sabbath or whatever. I think a bigger question that's worth asking, and maybe this is something we circle back to, um, is when you become like when you put out material that is considered seminal that you that you in turn see you know aped and when you when you're an artist that also sees your genre like your sweet spot pass you by while you're still like young and performing age do you become like just that time period performer forever or do you try and evolve and i think each artist maybe answers that differently but i don't know what do you think i think there's a lot that's a great question but i i mean i think uh I would be willing to bet that it depends on what sort of artist you evolve. Do you evolve into a greatest hits artist? In which case, yeah. Well, well, I think Flesh yeah. for Lulu are still wearing those Batman t-shirts. Right? <laughs> no, it actually just makes me think of like the Jerry Seinfeld quote he says, where he says, you know, dads just dress like the last year they were cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so you know, if you have true. a giant hit record in 1983, you kind of just stick around what you were doing then. Yeah. Because it's what people expect. Just what, that accounts for the faraway gaze in our eyes. <laughs> just like looking, looking on the horizon like, for anything. It's like an Uncle there. Rico thing. I want to go back. I could throw football over that mountain. <laughs> well, hey, listen. So this is when it gets uh, the album. So the first the first um, song on it, Stand Up and Shout, pretty standard rock lyrics. Anthemic. Anthemic. But the next song... That's where it starts getting good. The title song, well, um, Holy Diver, the song Holy Diver is when it really starts getting good. I'd like you to play a little bit of that. We're going to come back and I'll read you some of those lyrics. All right, here it is. This is Holy Diver. But you know he's clean. Oh, don't 
Sure. <laughs> that was Holy Diver by uh, Dio. Ronnie James Dio. Fronted by... Well, no, Dio Play was also the Sunday. name of the band, you have to remember. Uh, I, am, I am aware. So, yes. Yeah, so, Ronnie James Dio. It does a disservice to all of the all of the other various band members to only... Or all the other way, there have been there. a lot of various band members. There have been. Well, I mean, goddammit, the band lasted for 30 years, just about. Uh, let's see. Uh, he died in 2010. 80, 82 to 2010, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. And it was it pretty much never went away that whole time. Well, before we start getting into some other stuff, I, I have to, this is what, remember when I said, it gets really good with this song. The Lyric, nonsense, actually. The, fant- yeah, the fantasy nonsense begins with this one. Um, I'll just throw this out here. This is my personal favorite song. I'm your favorite uh, line in the song. Ride the tiger. What? Okay, it starts out, Holy Diver, you've been down too long in the midnight sea. Oh, what's becoming of me? Is he the Holy Diver? He's, he, okay, but, and then, but then it goes on to say, Ride the tiger, you can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Oh, don't you see what I mean? No. No, I don't. No, I have no, no idea what you're saying. <laughs> None at all. It, it occurred to me more than once as I was listening to this record that uh, Dio is really good at saying a whole bunch of stuff. He, that doesn't really mean anything. He obfuscates the meaning quite handily. Yes. Uh, just, you know, like, makes it vaguely menacing in some fashion. Well, it, later in this song, like, this, I mean, this line this line makes sense. He goes, shiny diamonds like the eyes of a cat in the black and blue. Something is coming for you. I get, I think I get what he's going, what he's going with there. But the overall effect is, I mean, I get the overall effect. But if you, if you look at it line by line, it doesn't. Really make it like the eyes of a cat in the black and blue. Uh, is that like something is like ca- cat's I, eyes like glow in the dark? Some race for the morning. You can hide in the sun till you see the light. Oh, we will pray it's all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll do Here, it. Here's here's the, here's the line from this track that that stuck with me. Between the velvet lies, there's a truth that's hard as steel. The vision never dies. Life's a never-ending wheel. And that's true. Oh. It, 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 totally. it, but, but you know, and even though it, he did write this before The Wheel of Time, which is a, a very popular fantasy series written by Robert Jordan, which came out many years. Who nerdy now, Shay? Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, he owns it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, don't ever, don't ever think that just because I'm deconstructing Dia's D&D lyrics... That doesn't mean he in any knows way. about this because he played D and D. Oh, yeah, there, yes. yeah, there was some of that. There was there was a brief foray into into that line of thought. Um, so anyway, Kevin, you, did you? What did you think about this song? Well, first of all, I thought it was very special—a couple skate kind of moment. And beyond that, <laughs> <laughs> beyond that, you know, I think it's what I what, honestly what I was really struck by. Beyond the lyrical content, which I know is like, I mean, it is something that I pay attention to, and I know that that's where you hang your hat. Um, I just find like the aesthetics of of songs like this one are really the ones that sort of lay the carpet for all the stuff that comes for all the imitators that come behind it. It's like, you know, it's supposed to sound dangerous and menacing, and not in a way that 
You know, I mean, I think there's a, it feels in this day and age maybe a little bit saccharine like some of the Bon Jovi stuff felt saccharine, but for totally different reasons. I don't know that it was supposed to sound menacing as much. I think that, I think that because um, a lot of uh, the, the rumor was going around in the schoolyard that devil, and because he did the, you know, the, 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 devil, the, horns. the devil horns, um, uh, but... I don't. I don't think that. I mean, you definitely have people that came after, uh, say, King Diamond, who we'll get to later, uh, and and genuine people that were genuinely speaking of necrophilia and raping people and stuff. I mean, all this. But with Dio, it's sort of like putting an Atari twenty six hundred game on with like to you know, it's like very very. There's something very simple and pure about it. Jousting with the lance, kind of. Thing. Well, I mean, it's magical. Clearly simple and pure, but I also, but I do also think too that it's like, you know, they position themselves as tough guys a little bit, and like maybe not mean tough guys, but like, but tough. Guys. tough. I definitely yeah. think there's a menacing element to it. Um, I did did occur to me <clears throat> as I was listening to this that um, the speed metal that came along later kind of just sounds like they took this as a blueprint and just sped it up. Okay. What, do you, yeah. what do you? What do you? What do you like in terms of like with the, the, the musical the super, stuff? Well, the, like the super fast ripping and the sort of like uh, high pitched operatic vocals and oh, without a doubt, yeah, they, they co opted parts of that. Um, I mean, I think that now, you're more of an expert on that than I am, frankly. But no, no, and there's, I mean, I think I think that's a, that's a pretty astute assessment of, of what happened. I, I'm this. I mean, this stuff to me, it's it it does sound kind of plotting when you compare it to that. Um, but it it also like I don't I don't think it's that bad of a song. It's a funny song. I actually really song. like this song. It's it's in a nostalgic way and and you know not necessarily even being ironic. Like if I heard if I was flipping through channels and landed on KLDJ and this was on, I'd leave it and turn it up. I would too. Both That's of those. They things. want you, dudes. Freedom right, <laughs> dude, damn right, man. <laughs> not gonna play itself, Ryan. <laughs> Oh, no, my brother. Well, another – hey, I need to um, – I forgot about this until right now and, and, and something I, I want to point out about uh, uh, the man himself, Ronnie James Dio, rather than uh, – Ronnie James Dio rather, who plays on Sundays, <laughs> smoking Alamo Dragway. <laughs> now, that's getting old really fast. Uh, I, I, I find it absolutely wonderful <laughs> – okay, thanks. I find it wonderful and fascinating that – he has a bronze statue in a city in Bulgaria. I saw that. I saw pictures of that. And I mean, There's like, something so yeah. wonderful. About that. Is it actual size? I, that's, and that, I really, I, I need to know that. I need to know. Because if it were actual size, um, it, or uh, yeah, I mean to scale. At least. I will. I will say this, and then so we won't uh, sidebar. Ryan is or, truly fascinated by this. By the way, no, he, no, just, keep, I, he just I keeps just hearing it. I pulled the it's picture. Really, it's really accurate. Like it's really hyper realistic. Like it's. And not he's wearing a cross on his breastplate. Is he by the way, his it's not the devil horns, is it? No, no he's, he's just, just gesturing. Just gesturing. It's sort of you know what it kind of looks like. I was gonna say it looks like somebody was working on. A statue of Jesus, and they got to the head, and they just and then, and then they just decided to make it into Dio at some point. And it, well, what I was going to say, just as a weird sidebar, and like a, like for just a half second, is that I have had occasion. I've been to Napoleon's hometown, and so I've seen statues of short, famous guys. 
or at least one other one. Was it was that was that short or did, did no? They were actually real. Like they were sort of overdone. Like they were larger. That's, that's than what life. you would think. But um, but the impression that I got in the picture that I don't know if you guys are looking at the same. We're not on the same side of the table, so I don't know if you guys are looking at the same shot that I have seen. But it looked like. You know, this, that the scale, there was somebody else in the shot, I think, when I saw one. No, we just have like a little little bitty picture of it. Okay. Anyway, um, and so it looked like it might be a little bit more to scale. But I do think it's highly interesting that that's in Bulgaria because I think that that's a, that whole like sort of part of the Eastern Bloc and, you know, like the – just a, it's a little bit of that scary thing go, that goes down. Like they, anyway, and, well, they love the, the heavy. That, apparently, that just seems like to me that, especially during the seventies and eighties, that most of the most of the things that were getting smuggled into young people in the Eastern Bloc were blue jeans and heavy metal music. I mean, that's totally that's that's, that's, like, that's what I was led to believe. It's like kind of the San Antonio of Europe. <laughs> like, and not that people are smuggling blue jeans into San Antonio. You can just buy them. You can buy them. Yeah. But, but like, but like, it's a heavy metal. Honestly, known like, for yeah, yeah. love of heavy metal. Yeah. So I want to talk. I found something during the break. Oh man, I hope I can find it. Okay. So I just want to. Um, I just want to say. I just want to read something real quick. It's um, it's about. Dio, we were talking about how how Dio is. I, I feel his his lyrical content to be hard to gauge. It's hard to understand exactly what he's talking about. But when he is talking about stuff, it's it's fantasy and writing around on Pegasi and things like that. But that's not the way everybody sees him. I see him as a, there, as, there as, are as some, a charming elf um, with that portrays the Texas Longhorn Hook'em Horns. That's right. Also known if you uh, if you're an old school MTV fan, also the Beavis and Butthead. Oh yeah, uh, and that's actually probably more which accurate. they would pair with the headbanging gestures. Yes, as well. which is probably more. Oh uh, yeah, I, I couldn't remember. What, I didn't understand what you're talking about for a second. I'm going to read a, a little piece that I found online. Ronnie James Dio passed into eternity on May 16, 2010, but he was spiritually dead a long time before that. Uh-oh. Why shame? Rock and roll is of the devil. Ronnie J- and that is that's the next. By the way, the first the first sentence of the next paragraph. Is this from the Westboro folks? Or no, 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 that would be way worse. What is it? Uh, JesusIsSavior.com. Yes, uh, rock and roll is of the devil. Ronnie James Dio is infamous for his evil work with woeful Satan worshiping bands such as Black Sabbath, Elf, Rainbow, Deep Purple, Heaven and Hell, and others. Now they just got those fucking bands off of the Wikipedia page because this dude never has heard of the band Elf, probably not. Deep purple. He doesn't. I don't know. Anyway, maybe he just hates Christmas. Um, uh, Man on the Silver Mountain was one was Ronnie James Dio's most well known songs, mocking God's authority. Dio used the and you can click on this El Diablo satanic hand sign. I don't know who came up with El Diablo. This is news to me, and I've been using the El Diablo both ironically and unironically in junior high and high school. I, I definitely was there, was there a transition from the unironic to the ironic at it, some point. It was called initial. It was called Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, promoting its use widely amongst other musicians and, and rock and roll fans. Rock and roll is all caps. The sign represents the goat or ram, a mockery of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Ah, this is all fucking news to me. Um, let's see. Let's see. The occult has many front organizations for their evil deed. The, the occult. Things that are unthinkable to the average person. So, there you go. We, well, we're talking about 
uh, unicorns tromping in the mists. Apparently, some people out there are flipping Dio around upside down, reading Devil. In between speaking in tongues and handling snakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I do think that that's like some, there are some elements, of some folks in society who don't get shtick when they see it. And, and. Very I, obviously. Well, sure. And I do think that this is like a fulcrum of rock and roll in what it like. In the 50s, Chuck Berry was dangerous. Like, True. And so it's just a matter of sort of putting your your finger on the pulse of whatever feels dangerous at the time. And apparently in whatever, 1983, mm-hmm. it was holy dying. Well, I think that the pers- this person put their finger on the pulse of whatever was going on in 1983 and then never took it off that particular that pulse. Particular because right. in 2010, if they're still running around talking about throwing the devil sign or whatever, and that's, that's and, and talking about how he was spiritually dead for a long time before that, and the, the just the phantom occult that's out there somewhere. Well, and let me say this, because Ryan, Ryan and I have talked about this to a small degree before, and it's like, it's good that there are bands in every genre that are actually worthwhile, and there are some that that, that guy would probably like that are, that are decent bands, not very many that I know of, but like, it is, like, there have been decent songs recorded in almost every genre. The problem is, is that if you can't sort of see past the end of your nose on some of that stuff. You don't ever leave yourself open to the possibility of, of getting to know something that you wouldn't necessarily get to know otherwise, and that's too bad. Right. I mean, it's too... It, it, completely. And, and this guy would never... I mean, he might... Uh, I doubt this guy, but I'm sure there are a lot of people, special people... Special? Es, 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 especial es, people. Some are more especial than others. That came of age... Spanish? <laughs> yeah, well, I give Dale Diablo, Dale Hanson. <laughs> <Hanks. laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. By the way, why why is it the El Diablo out of nowhere? Like, it's not it, just it originated horse. in Latin America somewhere. Um, but I mean, there were a lot of uh, 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 Jesus rock, as it used to be called, Christian rock. You know, it started in the seventies and um, became popular late seventies, eighties, and there are a lot of people that, that that grew up at that time that that don't think that this guy does that rock and roll is of the devil, and they're used to hearing Christian rock, rock rock music with Christian stripers. Well, and part of, that's part right. of the reason why I mentioned that that like it's been prominently brought up over and over again when people write about this guy that he was like he was really a sweet human being and a nice dude, and like you know the fact of the matter is is like understand theater, like it's not. Rocket science. It might be rock science, though. No, and and there's and it. They, See what it you did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little dipsy oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That'll be twenty five cents. I love how when these when when there's there's so many there's so uh, when when guys like that wrote that piece will talk about how there's there's mysteries and mazes to find in these lyrics and never once think that maybe just the lyrics on the page are just what they are. Are we yeah, are we talking about twenty one twelve again? No, no. What? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, let's let's uh, let's do something else here. And I think you and I had a had a conversation about this before Ryan got here. Um, and that's don't talk to strangers, which is another one that's just insane. But I guess could be construed as something that's satanic somehow. Okay. To me, it just sounds like a. This is definitely dumbed down for the for the YA audience. Is this the one that starts out like easy listening and then rocks? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. Don't talk to strangers. Seriously. 
guys, uh, but I'm not going to talk to strangers anymore. Uh, Maybe that was the Nancy Reagan campaign. I, I never heard. You just stole <laughs> the words out of my fucking mouth. You're like a you're like a kitten that's going up to a baby stealing its breath right just, now. Just <laughs> say no talking to strangers. That's right. <laughs> we talked about a very well, special episode. Well, they're danger. They are. That, that's true. In fact, hang on. In honor of this, I'm gonna. Oh my god. Put on the lanyard to my kid. the lanyard, <laughs> so to speak. For his daughter's fourth birthday concert, it's an all-access backstage pass. It is. It's decidedly to a child's not, birthday party. It is not cool. It is the at my own house. Like I love where that I you am know how, how not cool it is, but yet like, I'm still going to do it. Yeah, but <laughs> it. Yeah, no, it's good. Next, I'll play you know, Sixth Street. Yeah. And the <laughs> Bread Festival or whatever. So let's let's talk about the lyrics briefly and don't talk to strangers because they, they should be addressed. And I'll, I'll talk about these lyrics and, again, how I, I think he's I, – I, I, it's not that I think he's obfuscating the meaning with how, um, how, how he comes at – like he, he deliberately – he deliberately just puts little bitty – crystals of what he means in, in each line and, 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 and but but doesn't tie them together with, with uh, subjects and objects that that work or well okay like this um, well it starts out as an admonishment and then later on he's the one that, well, well that's what I'm saying but then in between that in between the admonishment of talking to strangers and, and how he's the stranger he says things like don't hide in doorways you may find the key that opens up your soul. That makes no sense on any level, unless maybe there's a doorway that connects a world to another world, perhaps? How does one hide in a doorway anyway? Well, I guess if it, maybe it's like a line of the wardrobe thing. Like Earthquakes. You're jumping. Oh, right. Well, but you're not hiding. You're not hiding. You're, you're, well, you're, you're hiding from the earthquake. Oh, and earthquakes are evil. Yeah, you're, right. you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, don't go to heaven... Because it's really only hell. That was the line that I had pulled from this. Yeah, I'm, 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 which I'm sure that that's the one that got... That's the one that started that other website. <clears throat> oh, it did? I mean, I don't know. I mean, oh, I probably, so. it, no, like, it probably did, but I mean, I don't really... I don't think in reality that... I don't think that there's any way to, to, to perceive this song in any literal way. But I mean, do you? I, so do you think it's the... Do you I think mean, it's the, the heavy... The, like the metal version of an Escher drawing? Like... Is that what we're talking I think about? You're giving uh, no. Dio too much credit. Uh, that's kind of no, but I guarantee you, people yeah, that like Escher drawings like Dio's music, or uh, vice versa. No, it's yeah. true. Um, but no, okay. Well, let me continue, and then I'll answer that question. Okay. The next line is: Don't smell the flowers. They're an evil drug to make you lose your mind. Don't dream of women, because they only bring you down. And there's All the right. menacing part at the end there, to but the fair, rest of it's just insanity. To be fair, that that last line is because uh, they only bring you down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Wait a minute. Why are you not the lead singer of a of a Dio tribute band? band. Oh from, my god. That's from the guy that does a uh, great uh, Dick Cavett. Everybody. <laughs> wow. I've got my special time. You yeah. should you should put a real together. You really should well, get right on that. <laughs> so and he and you don't like bands that scream at you. So maybe yeah, you just want to do the screaming. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I, I'm. You know, I'm that's how you master it. Yeah, I'm jealous. Need to be the one doing the screaming. There's, yeah. Um, yeah. So, he, I, I think what it is. Uh, well, I don't. I honestly have no idea what's saying at all, and I don't think anybody else does. I think 
But what it seems to me is he's writing, he's got a story in his mind somehow, and he's writing little fragments out there because the words feel or sound good to him as he's writing the fragments. But I don't, I don't think... There's not a cohesive unit going on here. Right, exactly. I don't think they gel into a cohesive... I think that he's, he's putting little fragments of what this idea, this story that's in his mind, but I don't think that he ever has a start, middle, and finish. I don't think there's a whole story going on in this story here. No, he just kind of th- sprinkles some shit around and hopes it sticks. But I do think that a lot of times that guys in in genres like this deal in vignettes, right? Like, so it's really a, like, it's a, it's supposed to be a little fuzzy around the edges. It's supposed to be a, you know, it's like you get, you're supposed to feel it and not necessarily perceive it on it. Like, we're probably talking about it more than he ever intended on anybody. I don't think he, right, no, 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 but I like how you said feel it and not, not necessarily to completely perceive it. But since we're saying that, um, did you not find someone who took a stab at? I, I, I did. I did. I, I I've been looking because um, there's not there, there's very little doubt in my mind that a lot of his lyrics, as amusing as they are, and in, in some, I don't think he thought about a lot of them long because I think the idea was, like I said before, was in his head. And he didn't think about it long enough to make it clear to all of us, the listeners on on the page, he wanted to get the rhythm right and the rhyme right. You know, like. Uh, you know, uh, about his stripes being clean, or, you know, he smells clean, can't you see what I mean? I mean, there's not a lot of thought right. that no. no. Okay, so I found a guy, on, I found somebody that wrote something about this song on, on songmeanings.com, and then what he had to say was, I think the general meaning of this song is not, is not be antisocial and a recluse, but to stay away from the illusions in life that fool you in, okay, hold on, I'm going to start this over. I'm going to read what this guy has to fucking say about this song, and then I'm going to go back and read some of the lyrics from the song. So this guy has really read in, or or girl, um, woman, I have no idea, I'm assuming, because... I'm going Because of certain things that are said in it, but also he's listening to Dio. I think the general meaning of this song is not the antisocial and a recluse, but to stay away from the illusions in life that fool you into destructive behaviors. There are many things that bring you instant temporary gratification, but only leave you to suffer. In microeconomic terms, the opportunity costs. When you have that bag of horribly processed bag of Doritos, when, hold on, I'll start over. When you have that bag of horribly processed bag of Doritos, jack off, then call it a night and go to bed instead of working towards a healthier lifestyle by working out or doing some meditating, you bit the dust. That is some profound shit right there. It is, and uh, so, but then again, preach, brother. When when he's okay, so <laughs> so so let's go back and he's talking about how he thinks that this song is about um, stay away from the illusions in life that fool you into destructive behavior. Do you think he's reading into it? Because I do. When he says, "Don't hide in doorways," you may find the key that opens up your soul. There's nothing necessarily bad about finding the key that opens up your soul. Uh, don't write in starlight because the words may come out real. Yeah, that's. It has a lot about jerking off after you eat a bag of Doritos, right there. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know how you're not getting that. <laughs> I don't either. You make it sound so sane. Well, and I the the impression I get at it, like from hearing a lot of this stuff, is is that there's the expectation that there's going to be the big reveal at some point. Like they just keep teasing, like there's this big thing and it's coming, and like 
hang on, everybody. And then, you know, the song's over and we move on to the next song. I <laughs> like Shyamalan film without a twist. <laughs> totally agree <laughs> with you. I love the way that you just put that. That's, <laughs> you, that's what I was, that's what I was hinting at before. Where I think that he's, he, he's got the whole story or had the whole story in his mind, but we only get little slivers of it. And um, that's exactly, there's no reveal at the end. No, there's no, there's reveal. nothing to read right. into it. Yeah. So, I mean, so one of two things can happen. Like, it's either intentionally pedestrian, because that's sort of the way that the, it was written. That's like what they're capable of writing. Or um, it is supposed to remain forever a mystery. It's shrouded in this. Shrouded. <laughs> I, I think it's shrouded in, and well. The fog of my garage. <laughs> hey, can, I, can I just point out something? Do you guys know how old Dio was? Like, Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James Dio on Sunday! <laughs> Uh, do you know how old he was when this record came out? Four. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I'm Sorry. That's a, that would be amazing. Yeah, he was about as tall as a four-year-old. That's true, but, shit, but go ahead. He was 41 oh, when well, this record perfect. came out. Uh, and this was like at the beginning of uh, Dio the band's career. Well, but not the beginning of his career. I mean, well, he no, had, he'd been around. He had had a solid career before that. I mean, Deep Purple, Rainbow. I'm just pointing out all the bands that the guy, Elf, that the guy on the on the uh, on the Christian page that hated this guy Cheers. pointed out. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, that's right. But then he then he had a he had a before that he was in a he was playing music under under his birth name uh, that was Perlman. Now we're blues music. He was in a band in nineteen fifty eight. His band was called Ronnie and the Rumblers, and then it changed to Ronnie and the Red Caps. So Ronnie James Dio was in I think he did he did there were there were a lot of progressions in his musical stylings. But I do think that one one thing in all seriousness, one thing that you speak to is the fact that like that guy was bound and determined that like this was the life for him. This was the only life that he was gonna carve out. And god damn it, if that meant that he had to play on Sixth Street during the grunge era or like when other things were blown up and his band wasn't quite Making it like he was gonna keep at he stuck it. to it. He did. Uh, so I, I see here that oh, you're looking up uh, Ronnie and the Red Caps. I was just wondering if this was like his skiffle era. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it's 1958. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. Ex- explain to the audience, Ryan, who doesn't know what that reference means. Whether it means the audience collectively doesn't skiffle. Well, some well, many may, but some don't. Well, skiffle was a. Uh, it's actually primarily in England, uh, but it was a, a type of music that was not quite rock and roll. It was. Uh, uh, what was the in um, in this in this Johnny instance, and the Moonbeams uh, pre Beatles? Yeah, in this in this instance, yeah. like I, what I'm gathering is that you mean like sort of pre Beatles before he found the genre that made sense for him. This was what he was trying. There to were acoustic yeah. guitars. It was family friendly. There was there was a little bit of pickup and shuffle to it. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I actually think I, I like Skiffle, but that's an, a conversation. I don't love it. And I don't want to listen to it all day long. But but, but I definitely oh, prefer it to some of the. The it was watered down rock and roll in a lot of ways, and I would definitely prefer it to a lot of the watered down rock and roll from you know nineteen fifty eight, fifty nine. So, 50. so the analogy is: do you do you think that this is you know that he was trying to find his way? Well, this is what I this is what I'm going to propose. I was actually just able to find um, 
uh, a uh, Ronnie and the Redcaps, his first ba- or second band, I guess, from Ronnie and the Ramblers, song on Wikipedia, which we can't. Rumblers. Oh, Rumblers! Sorry about that. Um, Ronnie and the some shit. I think we should. I think we should take a break, and the three of us talk, listen to Ronnie and the Redcaps. Because we can't put the clip which, up online. Which we're now going to know as Ronnie and the Sumption. Ronnie and the Sumption. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. And listen to, then we'll listen to some more Dio because that's really what we're all here for, right? All right. Sounds good. Here it is. All right. We'll be back. Whatever. Speechless. <laughs> uh, That's the squeaky, shiny version of Dio that I never thought that I would see. Holy shit! It really puts it into perspective how old it's he kinda was. Kind of like uh, you know, Rainbow in the Dark meets Earth Angel. No, no, no. Earth Angel <laughs> is just uh, there's no Rainbow in the Dark. Let's, I mean, I, so, I, so, I'm so it's I, I feel deliberately uh, misleading. I feel like that's a guy who, when he was coming up through music, went to the barbershop a lot to get the perfect hairstyle. And then eventually, never win again. Like that was that was his. Well, life. Judging from the size, of the size of his forehead, I think he might be right there. Yeah, okay. sure. It, Earth Angel is exactly the song that I that I thought of. Yeah, there, and there were yeah, no, that was four a, of them. And, yeah, that was a you know teenage heartthrob. Oh my yeah. god! And that song, yeah. I mean, I guess I mean it. There's no way for us to. I mean, I guess there probably is a way for us to find to find an MP3. Um, but he had a moment. He like like he sort of came up trying to be the the fifties version of uh, what was popular. So yes, that track was called "An Angel Is Missing," and it was Ronnie and the Red Cats and kids. If you'd like to hear it, go to YouTube's. Oh yeah, yes, go to YouTube and go to YouTube's and, and look for uh, Ronnie and the Red Caps. Or you can go to Patabona.com. We haven't talked about this. That's and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's his. Um, Surname, his actual his surname, birth name. Uh, his birth name, and um, uh, but so it's uh, that the, the, this is Patabona.com, and, and then the, uh, the the subheading is from Ronnie and the Red Caps to Elf, which it was his band that ended in the uh, mid to late sixties. So basically, what what that says to me is, and it, oh, and it also says Ronnie Dio, Ronnie Dio's early years says to me like, oh, we like it. We like, he, he was a good kid. He was such a nice boy then. And then he got into that heavy metal music. And then and then you can't find him on the same website anymore. Like, No, you, course, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Of course, then again, probably none of the people who like the music from, from the earlier era are trying to access the web that often anyway. Maybe. That's probably true. I think it's that couple that uh, you know took the laptop out of the box and was trying to figure out how to use the uh, webcam. Or it's like and, the it's like the jitterbug phone. It's got like one button on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't know what this does, but I'm going to keep hitting it. Well, so, let's that that was shocking. I'm still a little bit shocked. I didn't and I expect to hear that. And the quality of the music. I mean, the song was a good song. No, it, was a, it was absolutely a solid tune. 
He, um, he definitely got better as a vocal. I mean, the, the vocals, he, he was, he's singing in, in, in a lower register of a, of a tenor. He's not quite getting into a baritone at that time. And he, and he definitely sounds young. He's, his voice, his, his, his powerful types, as they were, developed, uh, you know, a number of years later. But, I mean, the genesis for that was there. And I think the thing you can say is, like, he was always enthusiastic. Like, so if that guy was in the project, he was throwing himself in there all the way. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy that. Okay. Well, we, um... Buy it. Go ahead. We have not yet spoken about Rainbow in the Dark. We haven't spoken about Rainbow in the Dark. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't believe we're 50 minutes in this podcast. We've not said a word about (laughs) Rainbow in the Dark. (laughs) I was holding back for the end. Uh, here I have there's to get my I get have to get my like devil horns ready. There's something so I'm warming up. I'm warming up. You are Flexing. warming up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's an injury you don't want to. I was gonna, I was gonna say that that shows your age right there, son. Sure. Wait, did I just say son? Do I just occasionally throw that Pepper out there? Speech for son, son yeah. for no reason. <laughs> I think there's that. That's the Hank Williams Jr. Later, we're gonna yeah. ceremonially uh, move some manure around. <laughs> Ceremonially, how do, you, yeah. how, do you, how do you ceremoniously? Well, move that's a, manure? That's a, that is a different, albeit terrible podcast. Can we do it in an <laughs> upside down cross? Sure. Which is, um, which by the way, so we, we were talking about this, um, Ronnie James Dio and 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 his ilk were beloved on the Christian right, or I don't want to say that the Christian right or whatever, just beloved by by a certain segment of people that really don't like who, rock and roll that have to be Christian. Yeah. Mike, not name. <laughs> and um, they would often show the sign of a broken cross, which doesn't in any way resemble a broken cross. Like this guy had one on his website that we were looking at earlier, and I want to know where that, where the genesis of that. What you guys don't know? I've got a clue. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think uh, it's a real thing. Is what, I, what, I, what I'm getting at. So yeah, and honestly, I mean, here, like, believe me, you may be surprised. There are occasionally. Wacky things on the internet that aren't true. Occasionally, twice there have been wacky things on the internet. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think that um, the thing that's really interesting. Listen, about, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what you're t- basically what you're telling me is when I see something on the internet that that doesn't seem like it's going to pass muster, sure. what I need to do is have an immediate check, and I need to go to Infowars right away. Oh, definitely, and, and make sure that it that it goes ahead and, and clears. Yeah, if I was the fact checker. Okay, yeah, yeah you're a gold. Okay, okay, yes. and yeah. and that's the only other crazy on the internet. So yeah. like, if we can just we can just put that in a bucket. Hey, wait, Shane, are you planting a false flag right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Right? Of course. Speaking of danger, so uh, so anyway, yeah. Now I I think it's fun to see where it is that he came from, and that was one thing that like. Uh, yeah, peeking at a little bit of his earlier work gave us a somewhat same. traditional path earlier on. Early on. So anybody who did not hear that, which it won't be part of this podcast, uh, pop over the YouTube's, like uh, the guys were saying. And beyond that, I don't know what are your what are your takeaways? We we started talking about Rainbow in the Dark. Like, yes, yeah, so I want to talk about Rainbow in the Dark before we get out of here because Rainbow in the Dark encapsulates everything that this album is to me. Um, amazing fantasy lyrics. That don't necessarily mean anything. anything. <laughs> Nothing. Well, um, but, well, let's but. just say this: the song starts with the three words "when there's lightning." 
That's just, you know you're in for a fucking ride oh, there, man. man. That's dangerous. It's dangerous from the get-go. Oh, yeah. There is lightning. There is lightning. I hope you're not outside because there's lightning. Don't be holding a golf club. No. Yeah. I think in this, and I read this uh, at another one of those sites, and he, he drops the word demons in this song. Um, not using them, obviously, very obviously to me, he's using it when he's, he says, do your demons, do they ever let you go? In my mind, if I were to read that, I would think he's talking about gambling, alcoholism, um, loose women, whatever kind of demon, you know, yeah. yeah, what, what, what you deem, but, but, but there, but there are a lot of people that will read that and see that literally do your literal demons ever let you go like the fucking Belinda, you know, like he's dancing with the devil, you know, literally Linda Blair and the exorcist. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Sure. And this, and, and this song has a brilliant, keyboard line in it um, it's the only one on the it's like they saved it just for this song it's no. got that amazing mm-hmm. okay and we talked about this a little bit uh, with the uh, few minutes with episode on how some things that come from a certain era sound like they come from a certain era I'll put this to you Shane like do you do you feel like the use of the keyboard in that song which survives to this day like as a as a sort of relic of its time you, iconic. Even. It is iconic. Yeah, well, r- sure. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Um, do you feel like that use of the keyboard is – I mean, clearly it's part of the equation, but do you feel like – what was the role – let me ask you this. What was the role that that played in, in that song for you? Well, I never understood what the role of the keyboard – and it is a relic in, in that you really – the keyboards were, were relatively prominent excepting – well, keyboards were relatively prominent in harder music – I'd say from around this time, 82, 83, until about 87, 88. I mean, well, once you, you start... Like they had to do it? Once, like, once metal started, like, started meaning more and more meaning thrash, and, you know, once Metallica and... Sped up the tempo, everybody started singing like Cookie Monster. Yeah, and that's when, once that's what metal started meaning, then the, <laughs> then the keyboard disappeared. Like trying. Yeah. And it, it became the, the sole purview of, um, of Bon Jovi, which, by the way, has existed in some form in all of his shit since then. So I don't know what it means about that. But, yeah, this definitely dates and puts it in a very specific place in time where you would have harder music, heavy metal what have you, um, with keys in it, which, but also with lyrics like Ronnie James Dio would sing, with the, where, where people would go to your concert and throw the devil horns and not put their thumbs up in the air or their fists in the air. Or Well, let me, let me rephrase. So, like, and, and so you did, you answered quite a bit of that, but like we talked about this during the Bon Jovi cast, and it was all about like sort of the formula and those guys trying to figure out the formula. I guess what I was really trying to ask is, do you feel like the keys on that song are them trying to sound like oh. what, what was popular at the time? Or do you think that they felt, felt like it fit? Like, I, I, is, I, are those independent? Like, I, Because that song was a single, um, I'm more inclined to think that it was uh, the former. I think that they definitely put that on as a production thing because – not only was it a single and it's the only song that has... I mean, there are other keyboards on that record, but not prominently featured in the way that that is. And that says to me that, yeah, they were using that. Maybe that was the label or the producer at the last minute saying, let's do this, let's do this guitar 
line here with keyboards instead of instead of a guitar. So yeah, I definitely think that that was that was a production choice. I think. Okay. It, no, good. I was just curious. Like, I've thought about. It. Here's the other thing that I think about with that song. I was so, gonna say. I have a, the only other thing. I have I have an additional, well, at least one additional thought. One, the the first additional thought is, so technically rainbows are the splitting of light, right, into the all the colors of the spectrum. Um, and is the idea of the rainbow being in the dark either that it's so dangerous that you could like this is something you've never experienced and we should all be scared to shit, or it could be like. Well, it's dark, so I don't care what those colors are. I can't see anything. Well, if you put all like, those colors together, those... then they make darkness. Oh, see? About oh, that, shit. <laughs> you know... God damn. Turn the lights on. None, none <laughs> black. Part, part of the... Not to answer, because I really can't answer your well, question. Well, it's okay. It wasn't really a question. Thinking about... Or <laughs> what you were... Thinking about Dio. Let's, let's listen to a clip from this, and when we come back, as we're getting out of here, I'm going to read... Everything that we've talked about about Ryan James Dio tonight, uh, uh, all of his quirks and all of his misperception or people's misperceptions of him and all of his never really completing a full story, all of that stuff is all brought together in one amazing package of the first verse of the song. Hey, can right. I, and I just, I don't want to forget it. Um, can we just point out what Kevin said that happened to Ronnie James Dio in 2010? Oh, God. Before the show started? Yeah. He, he dialed. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. You... <laughs> I wasn't going to sign on to that. <laughs> like a like a cat with a piece of string. <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't going to let it go. go. I could not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 2014. It's a laser pointer. Uh, sure. Yeah. Too soon? <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, let's do Rainbow in the Dark. So if it was dark and there was a rainbow, does that mean like you couldn't see the rainbow? It would be it would be a rainbow, but it would be shrouded in secrecy. You guys, you guys are imitating the the dudes that were the fourteen year olds that were smoking pot in nineteen eighty three. Like, say, turn it upside down and it smells devil. Is uh, amen, is, amen. Uh, Shortest <laughs> learning the English language, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Ryan's making a Ryan's making a gesture to Shane like he's passing of the doobage. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think pretty much everybody out there is familiar with that. But it's good that you're still continuing your your your, your comedy career, potential stand up career that yeah. started <laughs> when you were six, four. I guess yeah. preschool, preschool. Yeah. So um, we're about to end here, but I want to. I promise some some some. Some lyrics, lyrical insight. Some lyrical. No, no, no there's no insight. 
there's, there's no insight here. I, I don't think substance. Yeah, I don't think there's any, any to be found. Um, so I'm just going to read you a little bit about Rainbow in the Dark. Well, not about it, but what it contains. When there's lightning, you know, it always brings me down. Because it's free, and I see that it's me who's lost and never found. I cry out for... <laughs> I'm just doing this like William Shatner. We just all watch... I just We just all watch the... Uh, the William Shatner version of uh, Rocket Man, which we're going to be talking about very soon. I just realized I'm reading these lyrics like he like reads Rocket William Man. Shatter. i got to start that over again. Sorry. When there's lightning, you know it always brings me down. Because it's free and I see that it's me who's lost and never found. I cry out for magic. See it dancing in the light. It was cold. Lost my hold to the shadows of the night. There's no sign of the morning coming. You've been left on your own like a rainbow in the dark. Hey, so can I ask a semi-serious question? Sure. Like, so when you when you when I hear lyrics like that, I think like, okay, so this like that guy's been dead for a while, and his Twitter account has like a hundred and fifty thousand followers, like crazy followers for a guy who's like you probably ought, ought to show, uh, slow down on the social media when you die. Well, the I mean, and and uh, and to be fair. They, he, he and his wife and, and his foundation have done some really cool things. He died of stomach cancer. And so they, they're very big at MD Anderson in Houston and like have done some really cool stuff. Beyond they that. They have like a deal wing at MD Anderson. They had, there's like a, it's like, it's, I almost called it a club. It's not a club. There's a, but there's a, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is not that. Like when you were at an airport. Tacky you know, like, party of three, tacky. Now seating. Anyway, um, but yeah, they they they've done actually a lot of like it, seriously. They've done some cool work and some very nice things for people who are suffering. So beyond that, like I don't know, like what do you guys think? Now I've lost my. I was gonna say I, like, I'm not entirely sure how you're connecting these. Are you saying because the lyric because the lyrics when you bring hear lyrics like this bring uh, comfort to people? Or I I think. What I was thinking earlier, when I what I was saying earlier about um, about Dio, how he not he took these these lyrics and made them more for 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 for, for teenagers and for for younger people, um, and gave you know a lot of these lyrics are uh, they they give they give like caught in the middle is a song that it, it sort of sounds like it could be played during a montage of of Rocky movies, but in reality it's saying. You've got this in you. You can, you know, you've, you, you... Well, I'll tell you, this is where I was going. So, like, I guess what I'm asking is, do you feel like he was trying to speak to the disenfranchised? Like, yes. to, to the underdog? Right. Like, uh, yeah, yes. the disaffected kid who, you know, you know, doesn't feel like he fits in at school. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that's... And, and do you think that, like, that's who he felt like he was? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think you can make an argument... For the fact that that's who he felt like he was, by virtue of the fact that, like, even when he was at the height of his fame, it sounds like he was a really nice dude who didn't have a Napoleon complex, and like, I think that's that's really it's an interesting legacy to leave, even if musically, like, it's not my sweet spot, but I think it's interesting. Well, I think he's a lot of these songs like that. I'm that I'm because there's there are some funny lyrics, but in, in all seriousness, there. There's a lot of, of a hopeful message. And, and, and when you can parcel together a meaning in a lot of this, it's hopeful. And I think and I think a lot of that was, I think it was when I was reading that earlier about him um, aiming a lot of these lyrics in this band specifically toward um, 
younger people, I think that, um, in fact, here's a, here's something I was reading. Um, uh, Ian Chris Christ. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure if the Ian Christ, Jesus brother, brother. it said, he's saying Dio simplified his story substantially for a younger heavy metal audience. The day on the debut, Holy Diver by his band, the debut Holy Diver by his band reduced lush moral landscapes to simple good versus evil conflicts. Using the lyrical duality of Rainbow in the Dark and Holy Diver to raise questions about deceit and hypocrisy and romance and religion. Well, that guy summed it up more eloquently than I could, but but I but I do also see like, and we won't go down the rabbit hole too much on this either. But I but I do see like a similar thing. Like, um, oh, I saw a really uh, terrific. I've mentioned the Ken Burns jazz documentary before, but one of the things in the latter stages of that was talking about Miles Davis' career and how he saw a lot of the Woodstock era and just decided that jazz, which was sort of dying, needed some infusion, and so he that's where fusion came from. And it, you hear that now, and it sort of sounds like this weird shag carpet music. Like, I kind of... I see some... I am kind of seeing some similarities in the way that uh, maybe Dio was trying to Frankenstein some things together and some of that became staples for other folks and some of it became yeah. maybe, maybe something without staying power. I'm just glad you're able to use Frankenstein as a verb. Oh yeah, no, no, that's uh, yeah, that, uh, professional courtesy. And I, I think that fits in well with uh, this, who we're discussing right here. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think I, I see where you're going and I, I think you're right. I mean, using some of these... A lot of people out there at the time would see these, what we see as benign fantasy songs is, is allegorical about there was heaven and hell. Of, there and, was a lot of that going on back then. I think we this saw, battle but, between the light and the dark. Right, but it, but, but, but it's it, in Satan's service. But in, yeah. in, he's, he's, oh, yeah. yes, yes. Thank you, Ryan. I said that to him while you were he gone. Did. He's That's, stealing my fucking thunder right now. You understand Well, that, right? and I didn't tell you guys this. I didn't know you had any fucking thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Where has it been all this time? <laughs> uh, no, I saw this. Okay, I will. Um, I saw Gene Simmons uh, walking around a restaurant in New York years ago, and uh, he would just go up, like literally, walk up to every hot girl that was in the room, and then lean in and talk to her, and I assume say, "Do you know who I am?" And then he would spend the rest of the time just looking around to see who saw that it was Gene Simmons, and like that was more breadsticks. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he, that would have been maybe a better. No, he's but, a lovely man. Yeah, yeah. but I don't. But Ronnie James Dio uh, apparently was never succumbed to that impulse. Well, as far as I know, that's to be admired. I will say that listening to this record and. To be honest, I never really got around to it until today. So I was driving around doing my various errands and whatnot. Um, I really it transported me back because this this was a big deal record, like in the area of suburbia that Kevin and I grew up in. Um, and I just felt like I was in the wrong car listening to it now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I drive a 2010 Nissan Versa. Um, Ooh, nice <clears throat> yeah. Well, at, at some point, like, like fuel efficient in the dark. Oh. Yeah, fuel efficient <laughs> in the dark <laughs> and the light. Um, 
But no, at some point I was smoking and I'm like jamming out to Ronnie James Dio and I'm thinking like people are going to be looking at me like, what is this idiot doing? Like, like I needed, I felt like I needed to go out and rent a Camaro. Did you feel like a And like piece? shave like, my beard down to just like a wisp of a, of a uh, mustache. Oh, but a lot of the guys that are still listening to Rainbow in the Dark are dads driving cars like that. that so it's probably. sort of a perfect... It is a it is it a uh, Michael Bolton in Office Space type deal where you like listen to the stuff that 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 you are the person in your head mm-hmm. that is not necessarily the person that you are at work or on the outside. Probably so. That's a valid point. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. All right. Well, uh, so we've been through a few tracks. Should we talk about? Is there something else that we want to play, or do you want to tease? No, I think I think we leave it at Rainbow in the Dark. Let's talk about what we're doing next week. Okay, so yeah, so um, next week is my turn. We're gonna. um, I've been wanting to go modern with something that I. One of the things that I mentioned before is that when Shane went to a, a recently, and I'll say recently, like within the past two or three years, 2012, yeah, 2012 release. Um, I really enjoyed it, partly because we were able to. There's just a lot uh, richer material out there to get a little bit of great background on a on a release at that time. But also because you know you learn about something in real time, and it doesn't seem as much like uh, these are great museums. But sometimes it's just just good to roll around in something that you don't quite know yet. So my um, my pitch for next week is going to be uh, the new Ty Siegel record, Metamorphosis. Which I think is great. I've, I've, yeah, I've seen it. it. I haven't even heard a note off it. I, I know some of the youngins um, in the, the music community in Austin, and they love that dude. Yeah, no, I've heard really good things about it, but I, I haven't heard. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know a, a song of his if it you know beat me upside the head. Well, hopefully it won't. But, well, but you'll, have, you'll have a little bit of time to listen to it. And then we'll talk about that next week, and then what comes up after that. Uh, that's going to be me uh, and Vampire Weekend, the very first record, Vampire Weekend. Oh, we're, sti- okay. we're sticking with, those are yeah, relatively recent. Rel- yeah, okay. Yeah. I like, I and like we're relatives. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> Did I just blow your mind out? Yeah, who's a dad now, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope I'm not. Well, right. <laughs> that I, anyway, whatever. Um, all right, well, here we are, guys. Like, Oh, oh, and next week we... We talked about doing this today, but we're gonna we're gonna next week we're gonna be um, starting to do our weekly recording of a few minutes with, and um, and we're gonna start with with my this is Shane and this is gonna be my my first I'm gonna I'm gonna this is great by the way I'm gonna what he's getting ready to say you need to hear it's the William Shatner version of Rocket Man and I know a lot of you guys have seen this and heard this but you haven't in a long time you need to go back and do it again and you've never seen it with shitty commentary so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, be happy, we'll be happy to provide that part all right we'll see you guys in seven days somebody this is, likes it oh this is Kevin I'm Ryan <laughs> Shane. Bye now. See y'all.